open door. It's always open to us, Father. You're, you are attentive. Your ear is attentive to our cry. And we love you for that, Father, that we can call upon you anytime. We don't have to wait. Don't have to have an appointment. We can just cry out and you hear us. And we're so thankful for that, Lord. Now bless us, Lord, to be able to hear, receive, act upon, and see and bear fruit in with the word that you're depositing in us today. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, 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 amen. So today we, we need to talk some about the fact that there is faith on your praise. Amen. There is faith on your praise. And, uh, we, we need to also, um, understand how God moves in the realm of praise and how He, um, uh, inhabits, dwells in our praise. Uh, I think if there's any one thing we can do, it is to keep God near to us by always having, uh, either ex- exhorting, saying good things about Him, thanking Him, Hallelujah, glory to God, uh, just always a praise on our lips because it keeps God near. It keeps Him near. Amen. And it keeps, uh, His kingdom active in our lives. Uh, the kingdom is invisible. It's a kingdom without observation, so you can't see it, but you can perceive it. There are ways it can be perceived by the Spirit. And so we need to get ourselves more accustomed to the language of the Spirit and the ways of the Spirit. And, and in order to do that, we have to always understand how to keep God close to us and how to be close to Him. And uh, one way that we can do that is with praise. In fact, uh, thanksgiving in our hearts, having a proper heart attitude toward God is essential. Righteousness. Uh, the things that pertain to life, eternal life and life in God. Always cultivate those things in your midst, uh, in your um, uh, atmosphere. If nothing else, you can walk in peace toward all men. And that cultivates an atmosphere that keeps God close to us. Uh, when you find a conflict going on, don't jump in in a carnal way in in any conflict with anybody just stay uh, aside from it and be a peaceful person and allow God to to work things out for you many times we get into trouble because we don't wait for God to work them out we think we've got to go in and straighten everybody out and get everybody told and you know set things in order all that kind of stuff and you don't have to do anything of the sort in fact it's best if you don't learn how to let god if there are any battles to fight let him fight them most of them are imaginary anyway they're just snares of the devil to get us involved in things that won't avail us and won't won't prosper us and so once we understand how to not get ourselves ensnared and we can want to walk in peace, and then we can walk in constant communion and fellowship with God. Boy, that's the best life. To always walk in fellowship in the presence of God, uh, have a quick uh, heart to respond to God, always want to hear what he has to say and how he's working on our behalf, the good things that he has for us. If we can stay open to the good things, it, it will avail us a lot in life. So, so there is, uh, faith on our praise. There's, there's faith there. And I think we, when we talk about 
living a life of faith and, and how we need to express our faith, it cannot be expressed outside of the sanctuary of God, outside of setting up a dwelling place for God in our midst and outside of the realm of praise. So in Psalm 22, 3, it says here, 22, 3, and 2, it says, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, and thou did not hear me, and in the night season am not silent, but you are holy, you that inhabits the praises of Israel. So God dwells in our praise. So if you, I would say this, if we want to keep God near and keep him living with us and close to us, always have praise on your lips. Not complaining. Not whining. Amen. Not criticizing and fault finding, but keep praise on our lips. And then God will come in and dwell there if he finds a resting place. Now, how do we make our hearts a resting place for God? Well, to forgive, of course. Don't hold any grudges against anybody. Who do we think we are? And and what you do is you block God from really coming in and settling in and visiting with us. You know, there are people who are always wanting God. Well, uh, Jesus came and visited Brother Hagen, and he came and took so-and-so up to heaven. And, you know, we want all these experiences. But if that's true, then we have to cultivate an atmosphere where God feels welcome and not where he has to move out of the way so that you can let your way dominate, flesh dominate, whatever wants to dominate. You you can't put that in the forefront. You have to always have God in the forefront if you want to have his presence there. And who doesn't want to be friends with God? Who doesn't want to have God as a constant companion? Amen. And And so, and it'll do us good if we will learn to cultivate an attitude that keeps him close. And the way you can do it is through praise and through um, not having a mixed atmosphere, but have a pure atmosphere. You know, you'll see, like I see some people on Facebook, half the time they're, they're expressing gratitude toward God and the other half they got goofy music on and making kissy faces in the Now, which one are you? You gotta choose who you are. You gotta choose your identity. You understand what I'm saying? Be consistent. I see some people see nothing wrong with that, but I think that's just horrible. Because you have an opportunity to bring glory to God every time you step into your little page on social media. I don't care if you you got a lot of people watching. You don't know who watches that. And if you belong to God, he's in control of it anyway. Why not give him control that's going to bring him glory and honor? You know, why are you trying to make yourself out to be something you're not? You know, we're not movie stars. Far from it. We're not glamorous people. I don't care who tells you they're giving you a photo shoot. 
take six pictures and throw them up there and tell you that's what it is and you post it. Say, this is my photo shoot. Come on now. It's just, it's foolishness. It's just stuff the devil can get involved in and then somebody puts up something that's critical and you mad at them and telling them off and cussing them out and calling your friends and telling all this crazy stuff. You know, it's nonsense. Why get involved in that kind of strife? And it's it's just a, a vainglory thing where people want something for nothing. And it's gonna it's gonna avail them nothing. So keep your little mug off there trying to, you know, get some likes. You know, in them days you don't feel good about yourself. You find a decent picture and post it. People tell you, you look good, you look beautiful, and you know you ain't looking beautiful. I'm just going to park here for a while because this, you know, this is foolishness. We have a mandate to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And you would waste your time doing something that silly. And people don't really mean it. They're not sincere. They're just saying it because, you know, they feel bad if they don't say something nice to you. You understand what I'm saying? But you could put a scripture there instead of your face and influence the whole world for God. And don't think we're not going to give an account for this. I'm going to say it again. Don't think that we're not going to give an account for how we spend our time on social media. Because the Bible says you're going to give an account for every idle word. Idle words are words that God is not energizing. That don't line up with his word. So we have to account for that kind of stuff. You see what I'm saying? So I'd rather have mine count for good. I'd rather have mine be edifying and building up. And building up his kingdom because it'll count towards your account. Amen. You notice a lot of sons and husbands will tell mama don't put me on there the husband say don't put my face i don't want on facebook sometimes we need to listen to them let's say it again they're the spiritual heads of the households you need to listen to them you know keep some of that stuff on the slim line if you somebody's having a birthday that's you know celebrate them that's cool but don't make it your life's work to be plastered on social media. Unless it's for the glory of God. God told you to do and told you what to do. And said lift me up when you get on here. Amen. So we're going to stop a lot of craziness. Because it is crazy. You know we're not celebrities. We're not important people in that respect. We need to humble ourselves to God. And start using our godly gifts talents and abilities to further his kingdom because that may be the only audience you'll ever have you may never get out and talk talk to anybody on the street and give them a track because most people are too scared to do that ordinarily and they don't do it consistently amen so that social media might be your opportunity to win souls for christ you never know honor it as something holy amen Convert it over into something that God can use in your life. Amen. So I don't stop punching people out and beating them up so we, we can move on. Amen.
But you want to keep God close to you. Praise Him, not yourself. Amen. This is true. Praise Him, not yourself. Amen. So He inhabits our praise. He inhabits when we lift Him up. He draws near when we say truth about Him, good things about Him, when we call upon Him. He is in our praise. He lives there. When you praise God, His life dominates all other forces. Amen. His life dominates every other force that would, would be in the atmosphere. And the Bible says He's enthroned on our praises. That means He sets up kingdom rule when we pray, when we praise Him. So He begins to orchestrate whatever need is needed in our lives. He begins to set up uh, contacts for you, confirmations for you, appointments for you. Whatever kingdom business needs to be done in your life, when you praise him, he sets up his throne on your heart. And he begins to minister um, to your mind. He begins to minister to your heart and your thoughts. All the things that are necessary for you to go forward in life. So praise actually allows God to have the preeminence, the power, the authority, the glory. It it, uh, gives him free reign in our lives. And that's the most wonderful part because that's when the miracles occur. And that's when the blessings occur. That's when the things that, that we need so desperately begin to unfold in our lives is when we praise him. So, David said, his praise will continually be in my mouth. Amen? Just all the time. The word praise really means to shine, to shout, to cry aloud, to boast. My God is awesome. He's glorious. He's majestic. He's wonderful. He can do anything but fail. He's my healer. He's my deliverer, my personal healer. I go to him whenever something feels wrong in my body. I turn it over to him and he heals me. Amen. And so when when we start to make our boast in the Lord, he starts to show up in response to how we boast. Amen. When we say my healer is here, you'll start to feel the surge of God's peace and his healing comfort come through your body. Amen. And just begin to shout and thank him for healing you. Amen. And I'm healed now. Amen. And and there's no doubt about it. So thanksgiving is also a part of praise. With thanksgiving in our hearts and praise on our lips. Amen. So you have to have a heart. That's engaged in appreciation for God. Amen. And it's not because of something you can think of that he did. Just thank him because he's God and you know him. Because he showed up. Amen. And and because he is God. There's much to be thankful for in the fact that we know him and he knows us. So we can thank him, period. Not for anything, but just say, thank you, Father. I just bless you, Lord. I praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thanksgiving keeps him close to you. Amen. It really, really does. I can remember times where I would 
I would, you know, like have a little small injury. I hit my toe or something. It's throbbing and painful. I said, Lord, I thank you that I'm healed. Thank you, Jesus. And I just kept thanking him until that pain left. Amen. Instead of grabbing it and complaining and saying how much it hurt, you pull him in on the scene. Amen. You begin to thank him for everything. Uh, that he's doing it and just keep it going it keeps his presence near it keeps faith in your atmosphere it keeps healing surging through your body when you thank him for being your healer lord i thank you for healing this this sore on my foot lord i thank you for giving me understanding and wisdom how to deal with this thing you know this morning i was sitting there and i was looking at my toenails and i just hate to look at them sometimes you know, you can, you can only ignore them little claws for so long and they start clicking on the floor and snagging the carpet with you. You know, you're going to have to do something. And I, every time I look at the clock, I say, Oh Lord, I said, no, I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to make excuses again. I'm thanking you for helping me to get these toes in shape, please, Lord. And, I haven't found that toenail yet, but when I start thanking God and I clamp down on the, the little clipper things, I heard it snap and pop and it hit something and said, ping, ping, ping. <laughs> I said, Lord, I thank you. I said, I'm so sorry I let it get as bad as it was. Amen. But I'm, 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 I'm doing better, Lord. You know, we go, we go deal with this in a timely manner. But but I could tell there was faith. I knew I would get it done right if I just in, engaged God in the process of it. And it's just good to include him in more things. Begin to thank him. God, I thank you for helping me get my toenails clipped. and You know, I thank you for helping me get my foots lotioned and all that kind of stuff and, and not skipping it this time. You know, you skip putting lotion on them hoofs for a couple of days and take your sock off and all that sawdust falls out of it. I said, Lord, what is going on here? The girl is flaking apart here. Amen. You know I'm messing with y'all, but it gets kind of heavy sometimes. It's a little rough. So anyway, you know, these are things, these are everyday, they seem small to us. But it will shock you how concerned God is to help us to do everything. Everything you call him in on, he'll help you to do it. I think we quit on things way too quickly because we never think to invite him in. You know, just invite him in on your stuff. Invite him in, especially on the stuff that's a challenge for you. You know, you start out to do something and you you miss it one time, miss it two times, and then you quit. Don't be a quitter. Be a person who's going to follow through and and see success. Success breeds success. Sometimes we're trying to get success on big things and we haven't conquered the small. We don't let him come in on enough small things, you know, to get the big things accomplished. Then you go to tackle something that's, that's a mountain almost. When you look back and you say, you know what, I started doing this and I quit on it. I started doing that and I quit on it. I started doing this and it got too hard and I quit on it. I did this over here and it got too hard and I quit on it. Amen. So we're going to stop quitting. Amen. And and pick up being successful cuz you'll get it done. He you can do all things through him. But you got to count on him to strengthen you. You can't be in this iron man contest yourself, you know. You 
you just you. And you need his help very, very badly. So, so we need to include him in everything. God wants to help us with everything. And he is there for us in all things. So, so thanksgiving is a major part of praise. We have to have a heart that's thankful. You can't be mad about something that's not going right in your life. You can't be frustrated about it. Amen. If you keep that in your heart, you'll start making plans to solve it yourself out of frustration. So your mind will keep going to, what can I do? What can I do? I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. And see, God wants to be the one. He can give you the praise and the faith shortcut to everything. Because he has all the answers. What what you're headed toward is up ahead of you, and he can see it clearly. You're the one who can't see it. So you want to get in his lane so that you can use his eyes, you can use his ears, use his word, use his faith, so you can get there. That's all you want to do is get there. Amen. And he's the only one who can get you there. The only one. So you got to follow him. you got to follow his lead, follow his way. So thanksgiving is a part of it. Father, I thank you that you have every answer I need. That you love me. You're going to give me the answers that I need as I need them. And so, Lord, I just want to take this first step of faith towards you. I want you to, to hear me and, and understand what I need. And, and I want to hear you and understand your instruction. And, and this really how it goes. Keep the relationship going. Father, I praise you and I thank you, Lord Jesus. Just, just come in and speak to me, Lord. Help me. Help me get the answers I need. Line everything up for me the way it needs to be lined up and help me to, to be a blessing. Help me to, to honor you and, and help me to keep you, uh, exalted in my life so my life runs right. So it goes like clockwork so I don't miss a beat. Amen. So that everything I set my hands to prospers and doesn't fail. See? Many times we quit on things. You're not failing. You're just quitting. You've dropped it. And you decided to go a different way or move on instead of speaking to that mountain and making it move out of your way. See, there are so many mountains that can come in and and stand in the way of the road that you got to take to get to where you're going. You know, uh, we were driving recently over into Pennsylvania and talk about a, a road carved out of a rock. I mean, when you take that, any of their highways, turnpikes, whatever, you're looking on either side and there's tall. And you know that what you're traveling on used to be that mountain. And somebody blasted through and plowed through because they made up their mind they couldn't get around it. They couldn't get over it. So they had to blast through it. And that's what we have to decide as believers. There's so many mountains set before us. That the enemy has placed there. They, you can't, that's why Jesus said you talk to that thing and tell it to move. Cause you can't go around them. And if you go around, you just went in a circle and came back. You didn't make any progress. Amen. And so many times we're going around mountains out of fear. We think they won't move. Amen. You look for a, a easy way, which you think is an easy way, but you're just going around the mountain. You're not making any progress. 
That's why we don't make much progress sometimes. Because we're too afraid to confront with our faith. Amen. Your faith will move mountains, but you got to talk to it. You got to expect it to move. You expect it to get out of your way. You got to expect it to quit hindering you. No, some of them we take with us everywhere we go. We go to a new project and unpack our gear and that mountain is right in that bag. Hmm? It is. Because you've never addressed it. So you figure you dress it up like a, I don't know, like a cupcake or something and put it in your bag and take it with you. <laughs> hey, mountain. Yeah, you're, you're looking like a cupcake today. I could almost like you. Oh? Because we're afraid. They're afraid to confront the obstacle. We think we go around it and we wind up making no progress. Or you get around the mountain and wound up in a snare. Like Israel, they walked around that mountain so many times, they ran into snakes, they ran into bears, they ran into famine, they ran into drought. They ran into all kinds of problems because they never attacked the mountain and took it. You got to attack it and take it. Make it bow. Make it move. Make it work for you. Amen. You have to do that. You can't just mealy mouth everything. And think you're going to work around things and be pleasant, nice, you know, all that kind of stuff. you got to challenge those things. Your faith is there to challenge what's standing in your way. Sometimes you're standing in your way. You know what I'm saying? You just, the way you think, the way your mindset is. You just drift back into the old pattern of thinking and say to God, why don't you just give me a new idea for how to attack this thing? And go in and get what you've told me is mine. We need to do that. Because if you don't, you'll never get it. I'll say it again. If you don't, you'll never get it. Amen. And you got to keep attacking it. Now sometimes we, we get, get inside the door. You know, the door opens. And you get inside. But there's too many adversarial voices at the threshold of the door. You know what I'm saying? Like before, when God opens a door for you, what well, what keeps us from going through that door? Yeah, and voices that tell us things. See, fear has a voice. What's it telling you? Credit ain't good enough. You can't do this. It's going to be too expensive. You'll never make it. You're not going to make enough money. It's not going to pay your bills. It's not going to prosper you. You understand what I'm saying? It'll tell you all. The adversaries will tell you all those things. Instead of hanging around the threshold of the door once you get in there, keep walking. Speak to the next mountain that's there. Talk to it. Sometimes your mountain is is a delay in certain things that are necessary. Talk to that. Make that thing speed up. Make it get out your way. And keep accelerating your pace because the faster you accelerate your pace and progress, the less you hear the voices telling you you can't do it. Because they'll follow your, that voice will follow you once you get inside your door. 
It'll keep telling you something's wrong. You're not going to be successful. You can't do this. People who have this don't do it this fast. You you better slow down. You're going to mess up. So, adversaries talk. So, my thing is, get get as far ahead of the adversary as you can get. So you don't hear him. You keep moving forward. See, the more you move forward, you prove to yourself you can do it. If you linger at the door, you hear the adversary telling you you can't. So keep moving. Keep going forward. Keep gathering more. Keep doing more. Every day, do more to make progress. To go forward. Thank God for more. Thank God for increase. Thank Him for higher pay. Thank Him for better jobs. Thank Him for better clients. Thank Him for all of those. Every day. I mean every day that you get up. God, I thank you. I have the best clients in the world. I have the best business in the world. I have the most money being made in the world. Because it's true. You have it already. You're not trying to get it. You have it. And you have it now. you got to learn how to plow through. Faith is made to break down barriers, to move mountains, to plow through obstacles. If you're not using your faith for that, what are you using it for? I guess I'll go across the street into somebody. Uh Uh-huh. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Well, you better start plowing through something. Now, see, we just talked about Jesus in his defiance of the status quo. And he defied everything with his faith. He defied sickness. He defied religion. He defied legalism. Can't, Can't heal people on a Sunday. How absurd. So his faith defied that. With faith is in your heart. You know what God wants and you see what's standing there and is this ain't God. So let's make it move. Amen? Let's make it move. Whatever it is, it's gotta move. When your faith becomes engaged in it. Amen? And thank God for what you have. Thank God for what he's given you. But expect more. In, in the thanking, always open the door for more. Expect more. Because there's more out there for you. You There's always more. Always more. This is, this kingdom increases all the time. It's not on the decline, it's on the increase. See, we live in a kingdom you can't see. Thank God you can't see it or you'd find fault with it. (laughs) Amen. But we can discern when things are there by the Spirit. God will let you know. He'll give you faith. He'll give you peace. He'll give you understanding. Give you the gifts of the Spirit. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. You know, that kind of thing to inform you what he's doing. You can have a ready pipeline to him about all things at all times. You don't have to be sitting up wondering, guessing, and nervous about, you know, when it's going to come. And how it's going to come. You know, just always have your bank account ready to have something deposited in. Amen? That's how it's going to come. Amen? 
and just allow God to increase you. Allow him to do that. And don't lean to your own understanding because you have no clue. You're going to mess yourself up trying to do it yourself. Coming up with ideas. All this kind of stuff that we do. Because what we are doing we think is not working. All you need to do is make some adjustments and begin to use your faith on a more consistent basis. Amen. So there is faith on your praise. You need to understand that. We're thank, being thankful. Thanksgiving is a major part of praise. You can thank God for things that come to your mind and your heart that you're thankful for and, and always keep a, a hedge of blessing around things that you possess with thanksgiving. Amen. And keep a hedge of increase around things that you love with thanksgiving. Amen. Father, I thank you for my family. I thank you, Lord, for my children who are bright and energetic and and wise and peaceful and loving and kind. Amen. I thank you, Lord, for for my husband who is a, a good leader in our household. And I respect him and love him. Amen. All of those things we can cultivate a, a, a hedge of blessing around our loved ones with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving always will set increase in motion in the lives of what we are thankful for. So when you're thankful for your church, you thank you for your pastors, you're thankful for your, you know, I'm thankful for everybody in here and we want to see one another increase and be blessed and, and always have more than enough, have ample and then some. And break the, the thinking of quitting and poverty. Poverty goes along with quitting. You know, when people quit working, quit setting their hands to stuff or walk away from things that, you know, are not as zealous about it as they used to be. Amen. That's a form of quitting. When your zeal, you let your zeal slip away, you're ready to, you know, let it go. Cause it takes energy, divine energy to bring increase. Takes enthusiasm, takes encouragement and love to bring increase. And, but you'll find out when those things are in your midst consistently and in your life consistently, the increase is there. The favor is there. The blessing is there. Everything's there. Uh, the one thing I always remember, remember the scripture when Jesus had to feed all those people. The first thing he did when that small amount of stuff was given to him, he never complained. He never said this won't do. He never, he received it thankfully. He said, Father, I thank you for this. And boy, did it multiply. Because he sees everything as a seed. And he knows the potential in it if it's offered up to the Father with thanksgiving. Every night when you go to bed, thank God for your children, your grandchildren, your parents, relatives, everybody important in your life. Amen. Offer up thanksgiving and, and that it will increase whatever they're doing that God's about in their lives. And, and you know, a simple prayer, I, I've figured out, I couldn't, sometimes I would wonder, I said, well, God, I don't know how to pray. He said, just tell me to give them whatever they need today. See? Father, whatever they need, provide it for them today. That's such a simple prayer. That's what blessing means. You know, when you say bless so-and-so, provide what they need. 
don't let them experience lack today, Father. Prosper and increase them, Lord. Amen? And and that's really a good, simple prayer to bless somebody's life with. Amen? Boy, if all my needs were met that simple, I'd be on easy street. Amen? And I am, to be honest with you, because it's there, it's available for me through praise. Amen? So through praising God, we make all things possible and available. Amen? When we give thanksgiving, we are thanking God as the source of good and perfect gifts. Everything good, everything perfect comes from Him. And so there is faith in our praise. Faith, when you praise God, when you start to feel good, that feeling that you have that settles in on you, that feeling, the one that we reach for every time we enter into the presence of God, that there is faith in that. There is peace. There is love. There's all of the fruit of the Spirit, including faith. This is why we praise and worship God before we enter into prayer. Amen? Now, I can tell you when you call call your prayer partner, before you start reading those prayers off, you begin to worship God. And you worship Him until something comes over you. Don't you? And I call it the green light. I call it the presence. But it's actually faith. He brings faith in to energize your prayers. You get it from inside of you as a fruit of your spirit. And you get it from the outside when the anointing for prayer comes upon you. So within that worship, there are different specific anointings that tell you what's needed at the time. And if you, if you, if you set out to pray, God will anoint you to pray. See, the anointing for prayer comes in with your praise. He knows your intent. He's the one who called you to pray. Even though you think you, you just praying with your prayer partner, you getting together and it's your idea. It's not your idea. God forbid it be your idea. Mine either. He invites us in. Amen. It's by his invitation that we do these things. And so we begin to worship him, honor him, invoke him, call upon him. Amen. Call upon the Lord in Jesus name. That means you want Father, Son and Holy Ghost present. Amen. That's how we address our God. Amen. That's why you always reverence and honor the name of Jesus. Don't use it like a, you know, a exclamation and you know, where you would say, oh gee, don't, don't use his name like that. Don't do that. You'll start losing honor. You'll start losing power. You'll be confused. You understand what I'm saying? Don't get too familiar with the name of Jesus. You know, reverence everything about God, reverence him. You know, that's why I don't get these little pet names. You know, they go back in the Old Testament and pull up all these old Hebrew names for God. You know, he's we have a name above every name already. Why don't you use it? Amen. You know, you can get really goofy in religion and, and lose power. Amen. I want power. I don't have enough of it most of the time. I'm looking for more. Amen. And and so we, we need to think about these things. You know, don't get too far out and exotic and want to be having some attention put on you for certain things and all that. You know, I, I, I know how people think. I've been a people for a long time. And God is straightening me out every day. 
people-wise. Amen? And so we, we have to avoid some of these things and work with what God gives you. Amen? Work with what works. So, um, <clears throat> praise, many times people think praise means thanking God for something. But praise is really more than that. It is calling upon Him. When you want to know God's address, it's praise. That's how you locate Him, is through praise. And you can bring Him on the scene any place you are, any time, through praise. Amen? Father, I just praise you. I thank you. This, this is, this, what's going on now is not of you. And I thank you for coming in here and straightening it out for us in Jesus' name. You understand what I'm saying? Invoke Him. Call Him. That's his name. That's his address. P-R-A-I-S-E. And he comes on the scene and he brings everything with him that you need. Amen. He brings everything with him that you need. And so people traditionally have thought that praise meant to be thankful for something. But praise really is invoking the presence and the power of God. It's calling upon him. Amen. Invoke just means to call. To call on. They would think praise occurred after God manifested himself. So, you know, it's like uh, people would say things, well, I can praise and can you, can you praise him when things are going bad and can you praise him? Well, of course you can. You understand? Well, if you want him around, you're going to praise him. But they think used to think praise was reserved for when God do, did something for you. Well, if that's when the only time you call upon him, man, you're going to have a slim list of things done if you only praise him after he does something how'd you get him to do anything it's just a thought huh it's just like cultivating it's it's how we cultivate relationship with god is through praise you know if if i only was loving and kind to my husband after he did something for me trust me I wouldn't have got much I had to butter that brother on the front side the back side every which way huh and then you had to well I'm not going to go there I've gone there many times already I don't have to go there again <laughs> but all you couldn't butter you had to muscle you know what I'm saying? So it's just, it's just some work. Amen. It's the same thing with God. Anybody you got relationship with, you want friends, you want to show yourself friendly. You've got to be a true friend. You understand? You can't be a friend based on you might need them for something. You've got to be a true friend. Amen. Sticks closer than a brother. Is there no matter what. Amen. Doesn't get tired. You had to find the grace to be a friend too. Because there's a grace to do that. You don't have to do it in your own strength. That's when you want to quit real quick. Is when you're trying to do it in your own strength. So, so you, there's a grace there. There's an ability in God. He gives us everything we need to do this job. Amen. And when you're, you're doing it in your own strength, He'll call you on it. No, I didn't tell you to do that. Well, <laughs> you you may want to do it. Why you want to do that? Sometimes we want to do things so that people can think well of us. 
know what I'm talking about. And it doesn't mean you don't love people. It doesn't mean you can't be kind to them. Do you understand what I'm saying? But you need to be led by God's spirit. And just find a grace to do things. If if you're assigned a job, you always have the grace to do that. Amen? If you're not assigned it, then God will give you the grace to do it when it's necessary. You know, you don't have to struggle over these things. And by all means, don't let the devil beat you up when you do something right. And he tells you what you do that for. Them people walk all over you. Don't be doing too much for them. When I say there's a grace for certain things, there's a divine ability to accomplish, to enjoy what you've done, to not have misgivings about it, not have your conscience beat you up later and tell you, oh, you shouldn't have done that. Huh? I know that there were times I would, uh, you know, I would just bake like something extra. And, you know, well, when I lived closer to my neighbors, I had a neighbor sometimes I would call her. I said, I said, you know what? I just took so-and-so out the oven. I said, you got a, I said, you want a couple slices or you want a loaf of, and you know, we would do that. And my husband didn't like it. He thought it was, he was uncomfortable with it. I did it anyway because it was unto the Lord. You see what I'm saying? So you have to do certain things. And he learned how to get comfortable. You know, see, pride will make you think everything you do for something, for somebody is too much. You know, oh, you know, they'll, they'll think we think they can't afford. I said, who thinks like that? I said, if they think like that, they need to stop. But I'm going to be me. And see, there's a reason God has you reach out to people. After a while, the phone calls start coming. I know you're a minister, so my so-and-so is sick. And do you pray? Can I ask you to pray for always? You can always ask me to pray. You see, there's a, there's a bigger picture always when God graces you to reach out to people. Amen. Now, don't do it on your own over and over again. I've done that too. But I learned how to wait for the grace to step in there and just function. You know? Sometimes people need to know somebody's thinking about them. Huh? Somebody's thinking about me today. Amen? It's the way you do it. It's called love. That's what it is. All kind of different ways to show love to people, folks. All kinds of different ways. <clears throat> so, God, so we, we praise God to allow Him the space to manifest Himself. We don't praise Him after He's manifested Himself. We'd be in sad shape for manifestations. Amen. So always praise him. Always have a praise on your lips continually. Amen. Let his praise continually be in your mouth. Amen. So so uh, praise proceeds or precedes the manifestation of God's promise or his presence. He says, when you praise me, I'm going to show up. Amen. And that's what we do. We want him to show up. So that's why we praise him. Amen. 
Uh, Psalm 55, 17. Let me see what that one says. Verse 16 says, As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. He has delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me, for there were many with me. God shall hear and afflict them, even he that abideth of old, because they have no changes, therefore they fear not God. And so for those who fear God, when you, when you cry out to Him morning, noon, and night, and we can do that, folks. You don't have to have your little secret place or your, your prayer room or anything. You can, you can be anywhere and speak to God in your heart. Father, I thank you. I praise you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for your presence and your power right here with us. Amen. And so, the Jews prayed at the temple three times a day as well. We feel better in an atmosphere of praise. Why? Because it strengthens us. It strengthens your spirit, man. When you get an atmosphere of praise, you feel like you can do anything. You know? Like sometimes when we have in worship in here, if I engage myself in worship in the Lord, I'll say, God, I feel like running around this room. And then I stop myself. I said, wait a minute. I just barely got in here. (laughs) The run is kind of a stretch, but it's good to feel like it. Amen. Amen. (laughs) I guess I, I guess I never really tried it. It might work. Amen. Amen. If I get my courage up, it probably would. Amen. But the Jews prayed at the temple three times a day. We feel better spiritually in an atmosphere of praise it looks good on us we wear it well it fits us perfectly amen so praise never be ashamed of praise never be reluctant because you wear it well and it looks good on you amen you have to encourage yourself in praise because the enemy always tries to shame us out of outward expressions of our love for God. He will always try to do that. In fact, you find, I've found sometimes that young people who grow up in God or grow up in church will, will have uh, a reluctance to lift up hands in the sanctuary with everybody else. They'll skirt around it. They'll try to, because they've grown up ashamed and never allowed themselves to be broken out of it. See what I'm saying? And so there has to come some kind of change or breakthrough so that they can understand the power in worship and the power in praise. And so that that needs to get established with them. Amen. <clears throat> we feel better in an atmosphere of praise. We have to, uh, it fits us perfectly. And so we have to encourage ourselves in our praise because the enemy will try to shame us out of praising God. You look silly. Don't do that. You look like your mother, your father, your parents. or You know what I'm saying. You look like old people when you do that. Amen. <laughs> so we may be reluctant to lift our hands or speak lovingly to God. And we have to break out of it 
break out of ourselves to put on the garment of praise. Amen. We take off the flesh and we put on praise. Amen. So when you put on praise, you have stepped out of your flesh and you have stepped into the atmosphere of the spirit so that you can invite God in. Once you invite him in, he helps you. You'll find it gets easier. It gets more um, second nature to you, more friendly, more familiar. You just got to break yourself out of it that, that first time. And he helps you. The Holy Spirit kind of lifts you up and undergirds you and helps you with that. And then you can begin to speak into that atmosphere words that will be a prayer, that will be declarations, that will come to pass, that you can put that uh, reverberate in your ears and cause you to believe it more. So the praise that God provides in that atmosphere begins to be a source of strength to you when you speak into that atmosphere. Lord, I thank you that I am strong and I am healed. I am strong in the Lord. I thank you that my children are healed. I thank you that they are out making money today. They are out conquering, having good opportunities. Uh, I thank you that my husband is prospering in his way today as he works and as he does whatever it is that, that he is prospering and he is doing well. So when you praise, that's your, your, um, atmosphere and your opportunity to begin to declare some things out of your mouth that will come to pass because you're using God's word, you're using faith in God, and he is your partner because you invite him in through praise. Amen. So we take off the flesh and we put on praise. Amen. Um, Psalm 122.1, let me see what I have there. I just want to finish up these psalms. He said, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. Why? Because there is help for us there. Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand firm within thy gates, O Jerusalem. So getting into the presence of God strengthens us, helps our feet to stand firm so that we are not easily moved. Amen. It says Jerusalem is builded as a city that is compact together. Whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel and give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set thrones of judgment, thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace within their walls and prosperity within their palaces. So praise brings about all of that. When you go into the sanctuary of the Lord, when you praise God and you enter into his presence, that's the sanctuary of the Lord. And you find all of that in there. Peace, prosperity. Strength, you can stand fast, you won't be easily moved. Amen? God has all of that for us. Amen? And he says, because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Amen? So you can always receive good when you go into the presence of the Lord. 
But be glad when you go into the presence of the Lord. Amen. There should be gladness in our hearts when we start to to uh, speak well of God. 124 talks about giving thanks unto the Lord and to the testimony of God because faith is there. We have a feeling of unlimited good. All things are possible to us when we are in the presence of God because faith is there. You engage your faith in what you desire. Whatever God puts on your heart to speak in that atmosphere, begin to speak that. Begin to thank him for that. Amen. You don't have to think of something already to thank him for. Just flow with what he wants you to converse with him about. Flow with what he has on his agenda for you. Start to find out the secrets of God, what he has planned for your life, etc. All of that kind of stuff. Just begin to embellish and, and, and talk more in his presence about the things that you're praying for. You're not waiting on him anymore. He's waiting on you to decree them so that you can have them. Amen. And so in, in his presence where there's faith and where there's praise, we can begin to say things that we think we're waiting on. Amen. He's been waiting on us to praise him so he can invite us in so we can use our faith to to state what those things are. Amen. Lord, I thank you that I'm off my medicine. I consider myself off of it because I'm healed now. Amen. Just begin to chip away at those things in praise and in thanksgiving that are hindering you and holding, you know, being held over your head. Amen. And sometimes we're almost scared to talk about them because we don't know what to say about them anymore. But in the atmosphere of praise where there's faith, you can begin to declare what God is doing. I begin to declare, God, I know you're working on my health right now, even as I speak. You're working. You're putting health, more healing in my body. You're taking the sickness out. You're removing infirmity. You're removing weakness. You're putting strength in right now because I'm healed now. Amen. And so these things we can begin when you begin to praise God and that faith begins to ride in on that. Take advantage of that. Begin to speak from that realm of faith the things that that God can do because he's partnered with you when you praise him. If you just go around with a dry confession, you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm healed by his stripes. I'm healed. You know, it's, it's good for you to hear that and meditate on it. It's better than thinking you're sick all day long, you know, and counting symptoms. But but begin to invite him in more. Father, I praise you. I worship you. I thank you, Lord, for your presence, your holy presence. Father, you will not fail me. You're not a man that you should lie. You won't repent of promising this to me and saying I have it already. Father, I thank you. I have it already. And I believe you're working in my body to push sickness out. And you're bringing your glory and your health and your presence in right now. I receive it right now in Jesus' name. And so that praise invites him and he begins to feed us more faith, more confidence, more ability. And that all came from what's already within us. And so learning how to release it more and more is what we want to do. Amen. Stay out of goofy stuff. Stay out of nonsense. Get over into releasing more 
of what God has for us. Amen. Just release it more and more and more and see more results. I think if we devote more time to invoking the presence of God and speaking from that, from the faith that's in his presence, we'll begin to see greater results of the things that we think we're waiting on. We wait no longer. Amen. Just say, God, I'm going to wait no longer. I'm going to start praising you and speaking out of that faith that's in my praise. I'm going to use my words to call in the things in my life that we so desperately need that we thought we had to wait on. We wait no longer. I got them now. I'm receiving them now. And I'm thanking you for them now. And start listening all those things. Amen. So it, it praise is essential in encouraging yourself. You've got to understand the connection between your encouragement and your praise. Amen. It, it's essential for you encouraging. Uh, uh, Miss Shannon, how much time do I have here? Ooh, I could do a lot of damage in 18 minutes. Uh, you know, at the five-minute mark, I'm going to have Miss Jan come up and just share a testimony with us. But but at five minutes, when you put that card up, I'll let her know to come on. You want to share, you want to share with us, Jan? You always do, so you know that. <laughs> it's always good. Amen. So, um, uh, so... What I'll do, why don't you go to 1 Samuel 30. And this is how to go from despair to victory. All in one motion. Amen. This isn't something that takes forever. Where 15 people got to call you up and pat you on the back and tell you they're praying for you. Most of them aren't. Amen. So in 1 Samuel 30. Verse 1, it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag, and that was a stronghold that they had. In it, I think it was uh, in Philistine territory. Be, be honest with you, David had made friends with the Philistines when he was running from Saul. He had made peace with them anyway. And, and, and it says that they were come to the Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag. And had smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire. So it looks bad. Amen. And had taken the women captive that were in there. They didn't kill anybody. Either great nor small. But carried them away. And went on their way. So David and his men came to the city. And behold it was burned with fire. Their wives, their sons and their daughters were taken captive. And David's two wives were taken captive, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail, the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. David was greatly distressed, for the people talked about stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved. And every man for his sons and his daughters and their wives, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now, this is a big big word encouraged himself it encompasses whatever activity was necessary to bring himself out of despair and over into faith and it's possible we don't have to mope you know how we sometimes become accustomed to doing we worry about stuff and we think we can't put it out of our minds we think about it we've Figure out, try to figure out an answer, can't get an answer. 
decide to be afraid for days and weeks at a time or whatever. But David had a pattern that he had established as a warrior. And when you're a warrior, you have to establish a pattern of recovery as quickly as possible. Because you are more than a conqueror all the time. I don't care what your circumstances are. And you've got to find your way over in that place of being more than a conqueror. Amen. And I believe because David was very, very skilled in, in things pertaining to worship. Um, I think we, we don't look enough at what he, he did. Um, and what his skill was as a worshiper and as a praiser, uh, to see how he may have taken himself from running from men who are trying to kill him over to being encouraged that God was with him and that God had an answer for him and seeking God for an answer. See, when you're discouraged, the last thing you do is think about victory. You just think about how bad things are. Your mind will go, well, what are they doing to my wife and my children right now? You understand what I'm saying? That's that's typical. What's happening to my loved one? And it may be a little hard to encourage yourself in the Lord, but it's doable. Because if he did it, he left something for us to look at to show how he did it. So I'm just going to turn to First uh, Chronicles 23. And this will give us an idea of David's ability and David's skill and how he, he really was the encourager for the whole nation of Israel. Not just in his ability as a warrior, but encouraging. When he would, I'm sure when he would stand up to speak, people stood in awe of the anointing, the presence of God that he was able to usher in just with his words. And just with uh, his ability as a worshiper and as a psalmist. And it says here, uh, 23, well, I'll start in verse 1. Then David said, this is the house of the Lord God. This is the altar of the burnt offering for Israel. And David commanded to gather together the strangers that were in the land of Israel. And he set... Uh, and he set masons to hew out wrought stones to build the house of God, prepared iron in abundance and all of those things. Um, let me see. Uh, so he began to structure the house of the Lord physically. So it was built in a way that it would accommodate praise. It would accommodate worship. It would accommodate everything that was needed for them to stay in contact with God. And, 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 um, he also began to put in motion some things that, that had to do with the physical worship. Not only did he write the Psalms, many of them, but he instructed and he was able to impart to others who were under his, uh, authority how they would would carry on the worship as well. And so over in First Chronicles chapter 25, it says, Moreover, verse more, Moreover, David and the captains of the host separated to the service of the house of the sons of Asaph 
and these other ones who should prophesy with harps, with psalteries. So he was a musician and a producer and an orchestrator. He put all of that in motion. He wrote the psalms. He wrote the music. He put in motion uh, people who would carry out the service of the music. Amen. They would prophesy with the instruments. So the, the instruments they knew were speaking to the people. And, and this is true even now. If we would have people in authority who would follow God's lead with how they set musicians in order to prophesy to the people what God is saying to them to do, to say, to experience, all that kind of stuff. We've got some good ones now in the body of Christ. There's no doubt about it. But we've got some people who just play to people's emotions as well. You want people who can get on the instruments and let God move their fingers. Let God give them the sounds. Let God create the sounds, etc. And so they would prophesy with harps, psalteries, with symbols. And the number of the workmen according to their service was, and we have here the sons of Asaph, etc., etc. Um, in all, let me think. Yeah, so they prophesied with the harps and all of those instruments. And they gave thanks and to praise the Lord. Just the instruments gave thanks. Amen. And, and, and there were huge numbers of them. Uh, one of my, my accounts, uh, lists 38,000 Levites that were porters and singers. Um, there were, in verse seven, it says here, let me see, verse 3, I got that mark, verse 7. So the number of them with their brethren that were instructed in the songs of the Lord, even all that were cunning, were two hundred three score and eight. Amen? Two hundred three score and eight people who were skilled, cunning, who could grab the song of the Lord, who could prophesy on the instruments. Amen? Huge numbers of people out of the tribe of Levi who were skilled. David set all this up. He set up the structure. He began to appoint leaders in the different groups, began to tell them how to instruct their children, how to play the instruments skillfully under the anointing, all of that. They, there were many who were skilled musicians in the nation of Israel. Amen. David's skill and expertise as a psalmist allowed him to do all of these things. How did he, how did he develop his skill? Through, through ministering to the Lord. Amen. He would spend time in the presence of God, tending sheep by himself. He wasn't trying to do anything but keep peace and keep the sheep in order. And he would invoke God. This was his pattern. This was his habit. That should be our habit. Amen? And it can be our habit. We can learn how to invoke God in any situation we need to be in. So praise was important to David. He made sure Israel had the benefit of praise. Because he set up the whole temple where it not only physically built it, but he built the people inside the temple. 
to do exactly what was needed to do. So Israel was a nation of people who praised God. They would drop what they were doing and praise God. God still ordains praise for us to be able to join him in worship and in the things that we need to have done when we need to have them done. Now, David, as he, uh, let me see. All right, I think I got, I think I got everything that I wanted to show you in that. So with a man that has this kind of background and has this kind of skill, for him to go from being overwhelmed because of a, a, what looks like a defeat, they don't know, they, they kind of sense that their loved ones are taken alive, but they're not sure because they can't see them. So they're operating in the dark. So David there is able to encourage himself in the Lord his God. These, this is something that every believer needs to learn how to do. You don't have to wait till you get to church to feel better about the week you had. Amen. You have the ability to encourage yourself every time something happens. Because you do what you, you take the skill you have. You begin to praise him. Once you praise him and bring him on the scene, then the rest of it is up to God to carry you into what is next. And so David, this allowed David, he would not come into the presence of the Lord discouraged, but he encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And he was able to come before the, the priest who could give him a word from God. Why did he wait until he was encouraged to get a word from God? So that he would receive it. Somebody try to help you and encourage you, and and you don't have faith in your heart and not expecting God to answer, you'll rebuke them as not being, he wouldn't come into the presence of God without being full of faith and encouragement. Amen? And so we need to be like that, so that we can easily receive the word of the Lord. Amen. So I'm going to have Jan. You got her. Uh, oh, thanks, Shannon. Yeah, Miss Jan's going to share a testimony uh, with us, actually, about praise. <laughs> Amen. And the power of praise. Praise God. You know, I didn't know Pastor Barr was going to be teaching on praise and all that this morning. And I told her when, I, when she came in, I said, you know, yes, last night the Lord said to me, Jan, I want you to holler, hallelujah, as loud as you can. And I was like, God, I said, you know, I'm in this apartment. I don't want to run everybody out. He said, I want you to holler as loud as you can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. So I did. This morning, I woke up, and somebody was knocking on the door, saying, that's a fire. It's it's a fire. And I'm like, really? And all of a sudden, the alarm started going off in the apartment and in the building and everything. And I jumped up. And they knocked again. The lady said, it's a fire. She said, I don't know where it is. She said, but I smell the smoke. And the alarm was sounding loud. I mean, it'd be all over the building. Mm -hmm. So I jumped up. I ran to the door. And I'm like, oh, God, let me get my clothes on. I ran on out the door out there in the lobby. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Lord, and he just 
they, the firemen, they was all in the lobby and everything. And they, those doors, when that alarm go off, they automatic lock. And we pushed the door and went through, and I asked the fireman, I said, well, did you all get it out? He said, it was a lady in the apartment on the other side cooking something. And I guess she forgot it was on because a lot of them is real, you know, seniors, and they don't move about real fast. And he said it was something burning up. And the Lord just let me know. He said, you know, last night I had you to holler, hallelujah, as loud as you could. He let me know. He said, I got this. Amen. I got this. Amen. And I said, Lord. I thank you. And Pastor Barb, she taught me all of this years ago. Cut it out. Last she did. She taught me all of this. And last Sunday when I was praising God so, he mm-hmm. told me, he said, I'm going to give you a hundredfold blessing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and this week I went to see about some glasses. I didn't even know it. My insurance company will pay $200 on it. Uh-huh. God said, I told you I was going to give you a hundredfold. And then I got a call from used to be my boss in Florida. She said, I call and tell you, I put you a check in mail. Amen. I said, God, look at you. <laughs> so I praise God. Amen. As Pastor said, Pastor Barb said, praise him. Amen. And that's what I do. I Amen. keep praising God every morning I get up. Yes. I'll put my curtains and go to the window like Daniel was, staying in the window praying, <laughs> looking up to the sky, praising him. Yes. And hey. He has been doing some great things. Thank Amen. You. Amen. Thank you, Jan. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Yeah, see, God's got this when we praise him. Amen. Father, we thank you for the insight you give us. And we're not just praising because you do something. We're praising so you can do something. That invokes your presence to put you on the scene so that we can expect nothing but good. And we thank you, Lord, that you do nothing but good on our behalf at all times. And you do dwell in our praises. You are strong on our behalf when we praise you. And so we thank you, Lord, as thanksgiving rises in our hearts and we have praise on our lips that we can expect your presence to come in and instruct us and empower us what to do next. So we honor you, Lord, and we love you and we thank you in the name of your son, Jesus, who is our righteousness. We're so in love with him. We thank you, Jesus, and we praise you. All right, let's do our declaration. I don't have Rona and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. And I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, and amen again. It is so decreed. Amen.